everybody. It is January 31st, the last day of January. You're listening to the Mo News Podcast. I'm Mo Shwanunu. And I'm Jill Wagner. This is the place where we bring you just the facts. And we read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. Jill, how are the uh, New Year's resolutions coming? <laughs> We're one month in. <laughs> what New Year's resolutions? <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Folks, there's 11 more months left of the year. The next one, uh, we're in a leap year. So it's a, it's we'll have a February 29th next month, which is always exciting. Once every four years. I saw a meme today and it was like, hi, I'm January and I will make you feel all 31 days of this month. And it just, it resonated. Jill, to celebrate the end of January, uh, today, I understand, is National Hot Chocolate Day. I can get behind National Hot Chocolate Day. Yeah, if you're looking for a break from the caffeine... Looking for an excuse to enjoy, you know, some whipped cream, marshmallows, all the accoutrements that go on top of a hot chocolate. Go out and get it. I, I feel like there's got to be discounts out there. <laughs> so you, so you're just gonna throw in a French word, basically. <laughs> Every day. Any opportunity. Got it. We're trying to, you know, make people feel <laughs> more erudite here on the podcast with a, a French term once in a while. All right, let's get to some headlines here. The battle at the border, the status of a potential bipartisan deal to strengthen the border and also send aid to Ukraine and Israel. Meanwhile, House Republicans are taking a key vote toward impeaching the DHS secretary. Sounds like science fiction, but Elon Musk's Neuralink puts its first implant into a human brain. What are the possibilities and the risks? Democratic Congresswoman Cori Bush under investigation from the Justice Department over allegedly misusing campaign funds. Months after reaching a deal with its union, UPS announces more than 10,000 job cuts. Accusations that the White House clinic improperly distributed controlled substances during previous administrations. There are Swifties, there are anti-Swifties, there are people who think Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's relationship is fake. And then there is the newest right-wing conspiracy about their relationship and the 2024 election. We'll break it all down. Jill, you couldn't make this one up, but it's real, and we'll tell you about it. And Mosh, with all the original content out there to stream, it turns out Americans like reruns. People like some comfortable classic shows, it appears, based on the latest numbers. And Mosh has on this day in history. For those of you who watched Oppenheimer, a key date in history depicted in that film, and a little music news. Uh, we continue the Taylor Swift theme and uh, a little Justin Timberlake on this day in history. Okay, let's start with the crisis on the border. The bipartisan immigration bill. Republican and Democratic senators are negotiating, apparently dead on arrival in the House. The plan is set to strengthen the U.S.-Mexico border and make it tougher for migrants to seek asylum. It's something Republicans are looking for and something President Biden is willing to make concessions on. But Speaker Mike Johnson privately told House Republicans that the deal has, quote, no way forward. The immigration deal would have been part of a national security package that also includes aid to Ukraine and Israel. If you remember, for months, Republicans had been saying that they will not pass the aid package without major action at the U.S.-Mexico border. So now there's this potential agreement. President Biden has called it, quote, the toughest and fairest set of reforms to secure the border that we've ever had in our country. 
But House Republicans who were at a closed door meeting with Johnson say that the deal is, quote, absolutely dead. It comes as GOP presidential frontrunner, former President Trump, has told Republicans to tank the deal. People around him have made clear he does not want to give Biden a legislative win ahead of the general election and that he wants to keep chaos at the border a campaign issue. Johnson says, yes, he has been in contact with Trump, but that that isn't the reason he's not planning to advance the bill. So this is the deal. It hasn't been finalized yet. We're still waiting for it. Uh, could happen as soon as today. That's being negotiated between Republicans, the Biden administration. One of the most conservative senators has actually taken the lead on this, James Lankford, a Republican from Oklahoma. And he is now facing pushback from members of his own party. Uh, the state Republican Party there uh, voted to censure Langford for negotiating with Democrats for reaching across the aisle. They said, you know, Biden could do this on his own. This is a Democratic trick. We do not accept that you're negotiating uh, with Democrats here. Uh, he said it's something that he's committed to do something on that Republicans have been talking about how the border is a key issue here. And now that a deal is getting near and he feels Republicans have gotten a lot of what they were demanding. He's pushing back on the idea of, you know, why shouldn't we negotiate? This is a crisis. We have to deal with it now. The U.S. Customs and Border Protection reported an average of 10,000 illegal crossings a day in December. During that month, Border Patrol stopped 49 people whose names were on the terrorist watch list. It was actually a couple hundred last year, Jill, when you take the whole year into account. And so, uh, Linkford telling media, you know, the question is not whether we should do something, but what we're going to do about it. And when, you know, he acknowledges there's a lot of politics at play here, that it is a campaign year, that this is a resonant issue for all voters right now. And so there's pressure from Republicans to not fix the border right now. They don't want Biden to get off the hook and look like this will help his campaign. And so they're saying, don't do anything now. But he's saying, listen, this is a huge national security risk right now. Thousands of people crossing every day. He called it a big, noisy stew pot. And we need to do something now. So it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out. It appears the folks in the Senate will come up with some deal here. And the question is, uh, how much pressure will there be on the House from senators, but then also on the other side, former President Trump, on whether to uh, pursue something here? Uh, and then one of the other questions being asked is, are there things Biden can do independently with executive authority or attempt to do executive authority without legislation? Now, that's something Republicans are saying, you know, Biden, you're willing to risk it on student loans and other issues. Why aren't you willing to go it alone here? And Biden insisting, no, I need certain authorities from Congress. The truth probably lies somewhere in between because Biden also wants to be able to rely on Congress uh, for some of these new uh, serious measures because he doesn't want to do them independently and then upset the left, the progressive flank uh, that is unhappy with more stern measures on the border. So a lot of people spinning these plates right now, Jill, but as of this latest headline from the House, unclear whether anything will get through. And at the same time, House Republicans are moving ahead with their plan to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. What is he accused of? Well, the Homeland Security Committee charges that Mayorkas, quote, willfully and systematically refused to comply with federal immigration laws amid a record surge of migrants at the border and that he has, quote, breached the public trust by telling Congress that the border is secure a cabinet official, by the way, has not been impeached in nearly 150 years. 
Yeah, you got to go back to the 1870s for that. So the House Homeland Security Committee debated the impeachment articles late into the night, Tuesday night. Once they move ahead with any articles of impeachment against Mayorkas, the next step would be for those articles to hit the House floor. That could happen as soon as next week. Even if impeachment passes the House and he is officially impeached, the Senate, a reminder, is run by Democrats. So there is 0.0 shot of uh, Mayorkas being convicted and removed from office, effectively a slap in the wrist here, but still rarely, rarely used against cabinet secretaries. Uh, And that's something that uh, Republicans feel will work to their advantage here. They feel like they need to take the administration to task for what they feel is a uh, breach of their duties when it comes to immigration law. Jilla comes as there's an ongoing fight uh, between Texas and the U.S. government that we told you about. Uh, we learned yesterday that 26 attorneys general from Republican states uh, have joined in on behalf of Texas to argue that Texas is in the right here in their fight to independently handle immigration and border issues uh, because they feel the federal government is not doing enough. Okay, now to what could be a huge scientific milestone. Elon Musk's company Neuralink implanted a chip coined telepathy inside of the brain of its first ever human trial subject. This is a big step in what they hope becomes revolutionary technology for people who are suffering from physical limitations, like someone who is quadriplegic because of ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. Eventually, this could expand to anyone looking for a wireless brain-to-device connection. Elon Musk writing that the anonymous patient is, quote, recovering well with promising neuron spike detection. That means brain-to-nervous system activity. So the FDA approved the human trial in May. Musk had said the technology's first users would be people with lost limbs And here's what we're talking about here. This device is about the size of a quarter. It's first implanted into somebody's skull. And then a robot places thin hair-like electrodes attached to the device on parts of the brain. As it looked for volunteers, Neuralink says, quote, the device is designed to interpret a person's neural activity so they can operate a computer or smartphone by simply intending to move. No wires or physical movement are required. Yeah, just think it and it'll happen. Uh, Elon Musk has said, this is like replacing a chunk of your skull with a smartwatch that makes you feel better. Uh, Then sewing the threads into the brain tissue and being able to leverage here the electrical signals. Too soon to know whether it's going to work. Uh, There are certainly some ethical questions here as well. In November, some U.S. lawmakers questioned the safety of the implants after records indicated that experiments in monkeys resulted in debilitating health effects for those monkeys. But uh, he did have a federal approval to move ahead here. And Neuralink is not alone. Elon's not alone here. It's one of many groups and companies that are working on linking the nervous system to computers. There are actually about 40 brain-computer interface trials underway right now. There's a rival called Synchron that's developed a stent-like device that it has implanted inside the vein uh, on top of a patient's brain, but not inside brain tissue. There's another company called Precision Neuroscience. It's implanted uh, what it calls a microelectrode array in six different patients, and they're trying to capture data. That device, by the way, you mentioned Elon's device is about the size of a quarter. This competing device is one-fifth the thickness of a human hair sitting on top of the brain. By the way, that Synchron startup, that is backed by Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos. And so a lot of billionaires, some of the richest people in the world, Jill, all working on this. And if they figure this out, some incredible benefits here for people with ALS, people who are quadriplegic. 
So Mosh, if this works correctly, you could see how it would be a complete game changer for somebody with ALS or, or other of those types of physical limitations. Mm-hmm. But as I was researching this story, I was also thinking about some of the ethical complications and just the complications in general in terms of how a computer can actually determine what you're thinking that you're maybe just thinking about randomly and what you're thinking mm-hmm. that you actually want to act upon. Right. Like thinking about various hypotheticals, I guess, like sometimes you're at the edge of a boat and you're like, oh, I wonder what would happen if I jumped off the boat, you know, like jumped off the boat right now, but you don't actually intend to, but you're thinking about hypotheticals. Does the neural link, does the computer understand that before it moves your body to actually do that? Definitely something they got to think about. Elon, if you're listening. If you're talking to somebody and you're just thinking like, oh my God, when is this person going to stop talking or whatever, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Are they what would happen write if I put that? my hand over their mouth? Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could put my hand over their mouth right now. And then like you do it and they're like, what the hell? I'm like, oh, Neuralink didn't understand that that was a hypothetical and not. Missed communication. All right. We have a lot more to get to in the podcast today, but I want to thank one of our sponsors this week factor. We're definitely pressed for time in our house, but we still want to eat healthy. We want to eat nutritious. And that's why we've been so excited to bring factor aboard as a Mo News partner. They are America's number one ready to eat meal delivery service. This is not your grandma's or your parents frozen food. This is chef prepared, dietitian approved, ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door. All you have to do is heat them up. Uh, They come, you put them in the fridge. Uh, They're good for a number of days. And it saves you the trip to the grocery store. It saves you the chopping and the prepping and the cleaning up, but you're still getting the flavor, nutritional quality that you need. Jill, I know you guys have tried them in your house. We tried them in our house. Uh, They're delicious. You get a choice of 35 weekly meals and it's flexible to your schedule. You can, you know, anywhere from six meals a week, 18 meals a week. Uh, You can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Again, they come ready to go, ready to heat up in just two minutes. Uh, In fact, they also have a whole bunch of chef prepared uh, meals they can send you that don't require even, you know, a zap in the microwave. Uh, They also have cold pressed juices, shakes, smoothies. Uh, You can head right now to factormeals.com slash monews50. That is factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormeals.com slash monews50 for 50% off. Again, the code is monews50 for 50% off. Definitely check them out. Okay, time for the speed read from the Washington Post. The Justice Department is investigating whether a Democratic Congresswoman Cori Bush of Missouri misused campaign funds for her own personal security. Bush is a second term lawmaker. She's part of the so-called squad. She has denied any wrongdoing and said she is fully cooperating with federal prosecutors. Authorities have been asking questions about Bush's security expenses and her decision to pay her now husband, Courtney Merritt, with campaign funds to provide security. As a former Black Lives Matter organizer and high profile progressive on Capitol Hill who's called for defunding the police, Bush has faced what she calls relentless threats to my physical safety and life since her election in 2020. She was already investigated on Capitol Hill by the Ethics Committee. It is not clear if federal prosecutors have gathered more evidence, but they do have significant more subpoena power. Yeah, so that Ethics Committee came back and didn't find any wrongdoing here, but clearly the feds, the Justice Department, 
uh, have decided to take this case up. An NBC review of her campaign expenditures over the last couple of years found that she spent more than $750,000 over the past five years on security. Given there's been scrutiny here for a few years, she defended it in a CBS interview a couple of years ago, saying people just need to, quote, suck it up, that she needs the security, and then went on to say, but let's talk about defending the police, which is leading some to say hypocrisy. You know, you call for defunding the police, but you're paying for your own personal security. At the same time, the key issue here, among others, is paying her husband for security. Now, while federal law bars lawmakers from paying family members to work in their offices, they are allowed to pay relatives for campaign work as long as it's fair market value. So that's one of the things they'll be looking into here. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen here. There's the Federal Election Commission. There, again, was the House Committee on Ethics here that looked into it. Uh, So we'll see what comes of it. Certainly one of the more outspoken members of Congress. You mentioned she's part of the squad, part of AOC's uh, group of uh, progressive lawmakers. So a lot of scrutiny here and questions coming out of these subpoenas. From CBS Money Watch, UPS saying Tuesday that it will cut 12,000 jobs with the mass layoff coming only months after the delivery company averted a massive strike by agreeing to a new labor contract. The Teamsters in August voted to approve a tentative five-year contract agreement with UPS, putting a final seal on contentious labor negotiations that had threatened to disrupt package deliveries for millions of businesses and households nationwide. UPS has roughly 500,000 workers. On a conference call Tuesday, the CEO said that by reducing the company's headcount, UPS will save about a billion dollars. Yeah, they made a point, though, of noting that these cuts are not union jobs. There are other managerial jobs. In their most recent earnings, UPS reported they missed expectations when it came to profits. But it does come, as we told you last year, about that near strike, the strike that was averted with that new union contract, UPS drivers earning an average of $170,000 in annual pay and benefits. Per this new deal, uh, the pact covers just over 300,000 of the employees of the half a million that work at UPS and also got them air conditioning in their trucks. But it does come, as we've seen a number of companies here uh, in the past year, axing jobs, anticipating slower economic growth. And so while job growth has proved resilient, uh, the country added nearly 3 million jobs last year. There are predictions of a slowdown, again, not a recession, but a slowdown in the coming year. And companies are starting to prepare for that. From Fox News, the White House Medical Unit had, quote, severe and systemic problems with its pharmacy operations and provided health care and controlled substances to ineligible staffers prior to 2019, costing more than $750,000 in wasted taxpayer money in just three years. This is according to a new report by the Defense Department's Office of Inspector General. The probe focused on the unit's records from 2017 to 2019 during the Trump administration, According to the report, drugs were dispersed without verifying patient IDs and the pharmacy, in quotes, let people grab over-the-counter medicines from open bins. Opioids and sleeping medications were not properly accounted for and were tracked using error-filled or unreadable handwritten records. The controlled substances dispensed include fentanyl, morphine, ketamine, hydrocodone, Ambien, and diazepam, among others. The report also said the White House Medical Office spent tens of thousands of dollars during the Trump administration on brand name medications instead of less expensive generic equivalents. 
Yeah, we should note that this comes as there was a separate Pentagon Inspector General uh, report a couple years ago that found that now Congressman Ronnie Jackson, who was the White House physician under Obama and Trump, was nicknamed the Candyman by staff internally. Uh, there were investigations into other inappropriate conduct by him, including sexual harassment, that he drank on duty, engaged in abusive behavior. He's now a congressman from Texas over there in the House. But this report concerning to a number of folks in Washington, the White House Medical Unit, by the way, consists of uh, multiple clinics in the Washington area. It's staffed by military and civilian employees and overseen by the Pentagon, hence the report here as the Pentagon took a look at this. And this investigation was prompted by multiple complaints that this office was engaged in improper medical practices. Uh, Apparently, there was an anecdote that somebody uh, was asking for drugs as a going away gift as they were leaving their job at the White House. So a lot of questions being asked, and the focus here on these Trump years is because of the data that they had. It's unclear whether things have changed during the Biden administration. And Jill, there's a lot of talk about ineligible staffers getting medication. It's really only meant for the president, the vice president, and cabinet secretaries. And effectively, they changed the rules in recent years, again, not officially, but for the purposes of the pharmacy, uh, to allow anyone who comes in contact with the president or near the president to be able to have access to these drugs at discounted rates or free, uh, hence the uh, taxpayer fraud here. The image that I have in my head, which I know is not what this actually is, is like a mock pharmacy set up in the White House <laughs> where it's like just a free for all and people are just right. kind of climbing You're over just the throwing <laughs> things across the room. It's like it's like you know, since we're talking about the Trump administration, it's like him in Puerto Rico throwing the paper towels at people. Like people are just like, Oh, you want some hydrocodone? You get some hydrocodone. <laughs> you want some Prozac? Here's a Prozac for you. Just tossing it out there like tic tacs. Okay, from Variety, only in 2024 could a chart-topping pop singer's relationship with a star football player be viewed by major news outlets as a mission to control Americans. We are talking about pop star Taylor Swift and Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. On Sunday, Kansas City beat the Baltimore Ravens to earn a spot in the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. And now some are suggesting that Swift's movement into the football world was proof of a political conspiracy theory connected to the government. Okay, Mosh, what? (laughs) On the January 9th episode of his show, Jesse Waters Primetime, the Fox News host said around four years ago, the Pentagon's psychological operations unit floated turning Taylor Swift into an asset It is real. The Pentagon psych-op unit pitched NATO on turning Taylor Swift into an asset for combating misinformation online. The Pentagon at the time denying the accusation, saying, as for this conspiracy theory, we are going to shake it off, referencing a line from a Swift song. So this all seems like fun and games and everyone's making light of it, except that they're not. So this is the deal. Taylor Swift, a few years ago, came out against Marsha Blackburn in Tennessee, a Republican. She's not been a fan of Donald Trump either. So add that all up and the fact that she has called on people to register to vote. And so people are like, hmm, I wonder if she's the secret weapon for Joe Biden. Then she meets Travis Kelsey. She's on TV a number of times, right? She's been to a number of the games. Travis Kelsey happens to be featured in a Pfizer campaign advocating the COVID booster shot. So for many people on the far right, He's advocating the vaccine. She's um, a Democrat. She's showing up on TV. 
This is a larger conspiracy theory now, also propagated, by the way, by Vivek Ramaswamy. Remember him? He ran for president. He literally wrote this week, I wonder who's going to win the Super Bowl next month. And I wonder if there's a presidential endorsement coming from an artificially culturally propped up couple this fall. Just some wild speculation. But let's see how it ages. So somehow it's gotten to the point where Joe Biden uh, is decided to put Taylor Swift and Kelsey together as a secret campaign move to win in the fall. And this has led to a group of people, by the way, not so small online on the far right, uh, who say, you know, this is all one large conspiracy because we live in an era now of constant conspiracy theories. Now, there is a lot of pushback, even among some conservatives uh, who are like, you guys are losing your freaking minds. And by the way, like way to um, turn young voters and Taylor Swift fans against us in an election year, like tone it down. Like this is very clearly a couple that, you know, generally has a relationship and not a psyop from the Oval Office. Uh, And yet here we are in 2024 where everything is a conspiracy theory, Jill, including apparently Taylor Swift's relationship. Now, I will say this. I would buy the fact that like the, you know, initially like the NFL maybe to like prop up ratings might have like figured, you know, put this together. But this does feel like a genuine relationship. But to then somehow link it to the Oval Office, and by the way, we should know the Kansas City Chiefs have gotten to the last four of the last five Super Bowls. So it's not like, you know, they need to call the NFL being like rig the game for the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a genuinely good team that actually won the Super Bowl last year. (laughs) So everyone, like, what is going on? So my husband, who I I use as my barometer on a lot of news, (laughs) he was like, look, I love a good conspiracy theory, but this is is insanity. I mean, this is this one just doesn't hold up. It, it makes no sense. Right. Like there's, you know, it's always based on some truth here, but like based on what we're seeing, based on the existing success of both of them, based on the fact that like some people are arguing that Biden is completely incompetent and incoherent and yet came up with a psychological <laughs> operation to get himself reelected using Taylor Swift and the Super Bowl. A step too far. But I'm happy to talk about the JFK assassination at some point because we have legitimate <laughs> questions about that. And most just to your point, if somebody said and I would I would understand the argument that their relationship is maybe a setup, right? That perhaps it's for publicity. Right, right, right. Mutual publicity. Yes, yes. that is a different argument than what some of these right wing commentators are arguing. Right. Well, first of all, does Taylor Swift need more publicity? Probably not. But, you know, showing up in NFL games, certainly great. But yeah, uh, to somehow say that Biden called Taylor and she's like, sure, I'll <laughs> get romantically involved with Travis Kelsey to help you win re-election. Sometimes you actually have to think through the process by which this conspiracy theory would have become reality and wonder, is that plausible? And finally, from the New York Times, the results are in. Here is what Americans streamed in 2023. Hollywood, of course, on strike for much of the year. And yet the time viewers spent streaming shows and movies went up a lot, jumping 21 percent from 2022, according to a year end review by Nielsen. There were nearly a million television shows and movies for Americans to choose from on over 90 streaming services. So certainly, Mosh, we have a lot of options out there. Actually, that that's an incredible number there. Like, you don't even think about that. Like, as kids, like, you had to, like, wait for must-see TV Thursday. Uh, and now, at the tip of your remote, there's a million TV shows you can stream. Okay, so what did people watch? A lot of reruns, it turns out. Here's a look at some of the trends. Suits topped the list with 57.7 billion minutes watched. That's followed by Bluey, 
NCIS, Grey's Anatomy, Coco Melon, Big Bang Theory, Gilmore Girls, Friends, Heartland, and Supernatural. Back to Suits, the USA Network's legal show that aired from 2011 to 2019, was an unexpected streaming hit last year. Netflix subscribers began devouring it over the summer. They shattered records in the process with more time watched than both The Office in 2020 and Stranger Things in 2022. Netflix says Suits was probably new to most viewers who watched it. Ted Sarandos, the co-chief executive of Netflix, recently speculated that because of the show's popularity, networks and studios could start ordering a bunch of lawyer shows, which again is so fascinating given that this is not a new show. But it stars a a young Meghan Markle, pre-Prince Harry Meghan Markle. Jill, I remember actually watching this. I know that many people probably don't watch many shows on USA, but I remember this back in 2011, 2012, like watching it where you had to wait for new shows every week. Uh, so I was surprised too to see that, uh, you know, suddenly people are discovering the show more than 10 years after it originally came out. And also at the top of the list, Mosh, one of the top shows in my house, at least, Bluey. Yeah, apparently Bluey is now the king not surprisingly, of children's TV, 43.9 billion minutes streamed in 2023. Jill, you were noting uh, that's significant because the average Bluey episode is how long? Seven minutes, just seven minutes. So uh, I don't know, do the math there, folks. 44 billion minutes, uh, each episode is seven minutes. So a lot of repeat watching happening among the kids. Not surprisingly, kids love to do that. Coco Melon was the number one uh, children's show in the last two years. Uh, it's still in the top five there. And so it is now a Bluey versus Coco Melon competition, <laughs> it appears. Bluey, and then, Bluey. <laughs> and then for the adults, it's reruns. It's NCIS, it's Grey's Anatomy, populating the most streamed list. I should say, as a former uh, CBS uh, producer, not surprised by the NCIS and Big Bang Theory. And it's one of the reasons for so many years, uh, CBS was number one in primetime with CSI, NCIS, Big Bang Theory. Uh, these were some of the only shows that still got the largest live viewing, over 10 million, sometimes 20 million viewers. So uh, the numbers here are just astounding. The top 10 most watched original shows accounted for 134 billion minutes of viewing time uh, last year, though that's actually down from 2022. So it appears people are either spending more time on social media or, I don't know, getting outside. Mm -mm. Social media. Social media. (laughs) Jill, it'll be interesting to see the 2024 numbers because Sex and the City is coming to Netflix in April. So feels like it will become a top 10 category uh, for people. So one of my very good parent friends out here on Long Island, they are about 10, maybe more than 10 years younger than my husband and I are, and had never watched Sex in the City. It came out, they were too young when it came out. Mm-hmm. And so my friend was looking for something new to watch and I recommended Sex in the City on HBO. And she's like, really? Do you think it'll still hold? Like it felt so old to her. Anyway, she yeah. she watched it and she loved it. Loved every second it of it. Up. Yes, it totally held up. So I do think it's going to find a new generation of fans and an old generation who wants to rewatch it. All right, we end here. Speaking of nostalgia, on this day in history, we begin in 1865. On this day, the U.S. House passed the 13th Amendment uh, to the Constitution to abolish slavery. We fast forward to the 20th century. On this day in 1950, 
President Truman publicly announced his decision to support the development of the hydrogen bomb. This was a weapon theorized to be 100 times more powerful than the atomic bombs that had just been dropped on Japan. If you watched Oppenheimer, there was a lot of discussion of this, the concern about the development of the H-bomb. Just months before this announcement, the U.S. had lost its nuclear supremacy to the Soviet Union, which detonated their own atomic bomb. We would discover months later that there were Soviet spies within the U.S. that helped them get the secret to the atom bomb quickly. This race would continue, of course. Just three years later, the Soviet Union detonated their own hydrogen bomb. And so both superpowers, by 1955, were in possession of what was called the Hell Bomb, thankfully never used in combat. Staying in the Soviet Union, uh, the first McDonald's opened in Moscow on this day in 1990. It was seen as quite a moment as a Western, you know, iconic Western company uh, was allowed to open up in the Soviet Union. Just over a year later, communism would collapse in the country. And other moments in that neck of the woods on this day in 2020. The UK formally left the European Union more than three years after the country voted to Brexit. All right, we end here with a bit of music history on this day in 1970, 54 years ago. The Jackson 5 scored their first number one hit on the Billboard charts with I Want You Back. Jill, you ever see the um, Michael Jackson musical on Broadway? I haven't. It was great. And they they do a throwback to some of the Jackson 5 classics, which still, to this day, will get you dancing. Speaking of dancing, on this day in 1981, Justin Timberlake was born. And uh, I don't know if you caught him on SNL over the weekend with his new album, but uh, still, uh, still putting out hits. I didn't catch the whole show, but I caught the performance of one of his songs, which I thought was really good. And finally, on this day in 2010, Taylor Swift won Album of the Year at the Grammys for Fearless. At age 20, she became the youngest artist ever to win the award, uh, beating out the Alanis Morissette record. She had won Album of the Year back for Jagged Little Pill uh, back when she was 21. Moshe, I did rather enjoy that era in her era's concert that I had to watch from home <laughs> as in the movie <laughs> version because I could simply not get tickets or afford them. Yeah, yeah that, a Fearless included Love Story and You Belong With Me, among other hits. And Moshe, who would have thought all of these years later, she'd be at the center of a right-wing conspiracy about the 2024 election. Jill, I'd go back to my Twitter account. In 2010, I was predicting it. I'm like, one day, 14 years from now, <laughs> Mark my uh, words. based on the success of Fearless, the President <laughs> of the United States will be using Taylor Swift as a psychological op to get the country to vote them back in office. Um, all right. Thank you for listening to the Mo News Podcast. If you like what you hear, share this with your friends. It will help us grow. Follow us and subscribe so you don't miss an episode and review us in the App Store. Yes, those reviews make a difference. So if you could leave us a five-star review, that would be excellent. Appreciate <laughs> all of you. And of course, we continue to put out more content over on the premium feed. So make sure to join Mo News Premium. It is the place now where we do weekend coverage here at Mo News on Instagram. So mo.news slash premium to join today. All right. Bye, everybody. Later. Thanks for listening to the Mo News Podcast.